amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting told. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What's good, War Room family? Once again, live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm Devin McMillan. I'm in the buildings with my brothers. We got B. Austin here and Jimmy the Blueprint going to join us in just a few. There's just a few teams separating themselves from the pack during the stretch run of the NBA regular season. But right now, Fred Perdue is about to join for his NFL Combine report. report excuse me. So settle in. Keep it locked right here. And to get in on all the sports conversations this evening, make sure you join us right now in the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 15 minutes when we open up the digital extreme tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012 during the week. We're not live on the air. Be sure to check out archive episodes of our show at warroomsports.com. Uh, the War Room Sports mobile app, which is free, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and most other places you do your podcast listening. What up, B? What's going on, man? Long time. I wasn't here last week. You and Jimmy held that down. What's going on with you this week? All right. I can't hear B. Hopefully he can hear me. But uh, <laughs> everything is everything. Uh, before we get started, you know, it's, it's been a pretty pretty wild week in sports, to say the least. You know, you got the Rockets on that 17-game win streak, and people are starting to notice. Um, people are actually starting to believe in the Rockets in a Golden State Warriors-dominated world. Um, but right now, we want to talk a little bit about the NFL Combine, and to do that, we got my homie, and my partner from uh, Cover 2 with Millen and Purdue, Fred Purdue in the building. Fred, what's going on, good brother? What's going on, fam? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? It's, uh... man, it's, it's, not, it's not particularly, you know, real football, but it's, it's the underwear a little bit. Everyone likes seeing guys around 40s and, and bench press a lot. Yeah, I mean, as a college football guru, this is still – one of the times of the year when you're just way up in your wheelhouse um, talking that combine, talking that upcoming NFL draft. So what's been going on at the NFL combine? You know, I've heard a few stories 
few big stories come out of it. But what you got on your mind? What you want to let the people know today? Man, uh, a lot of good stories. I got to start out with Shaquem Griffin, man. UCF linebacker running four, three, eight. That's blazing. I mean, he's such a great story. He, he loses his hand as a kid. Yo, that's the and he's, that, that's the only conversation for me in terms of this year's underwear Olympics, man. I hope <laughs> that that young brother has a tremendous career. I hope he makes every tackle. I hope he averages 12 interceptions a year. I hope he gets four <laughs> sacks a year. I hope he forces seven fumbles a season. All of that, except against my Eagles, and I really, really oh. hope that we don't draft him somehow or he ends up on the Eagles so I don't have to slander him with one <laughs> he's, one, he's, one of those, he's one of those stories, huh? you rooting for him in every way. But, but I don't want it. No, Fred, go ahead. What you I don't saying? want it. Not only the 40 time, you know, he threw up, what was it, 225, about 20 times? You know, with yeah, that it Which should be embarrassing to all of us on this phone because I can't throw up 225 but about 10 times. And I got two on <clears throat> I can't throw up two twenty five. I mean, <laughs> everything, everything that he did is just—it's amazing. It's inspi- it's inspiring, and we have kids even going out, drawing him pictures, showing how inspired how inspiring he is to them in their lives. So, shout out to him big time. Um, we all know how much the quarterback position matters to me. Um, and mm-hmm. when I look at this class of quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. Uh, Lamar Jackson, and then there's Sam Darnold. But, you know, for me, I focus in on Lamar Jackson. They want to make a receiver. They say he's a running back. He's a great athlete. By the way, he's a black quarterback, and that's always what happens. But he's a quarterback. He has the touch. His mechanics need a little tweaking, but we can work on that. He's a great runner of the football. But if you go back and watch the tape, he's not Michael Vick in the sense where Every single time he snaps the football, he's looking to run. He's wanting to stay in the pocket. He's seasoned in a real pro-style offense with uh, Bobby Petrino at Louisville, and he happens to run when he needs to run or extends plays when he needs to extend plays to make a throw down the field. Sound like Russell Wilson a little bit? Yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up, Fred. Real, real quick, just to interject a thought here. Those who are not deep followers of college football, and I don't profess to be an expert, but I know that Bobby Petrino runs a pro-style offense. And so the success that I've seen this young man have, understanding the nuances of the game and how quarterbacks are evaluated, I literally have to call some level of racism on this or at least bias against this young man, because of all the quarterbacks out there that are quote-unquote athletes who are asked to switch positions, this guy comes from a pro-style program. If you're not familiar with Petrino, he runs an NFL-style offense in college football. Why would you want him to switch positions other than buying into stereotypes? But go ahead. I just had to had to get that off my chest because I've been seeing this around for the last few weeks. I've been a supporter of Lamar Jackson since his freshman season, where he completely torched Auburn. 
as a freshman, he just obliterated them. He went from being a runner and that typical black quarterback to now becoming a really polished passer. The mechanics are not great. He needs to sit behind a really good quarterback. I would, I would love for the Seahawks to, to go put this young man under Russell Wilson. I know it's not going to happen. Put him behind someone that's really good. Do not put him behind a Josh McCown or someone like that. Please don't put him behind a Joe Flacco. Put him behind a quarterback that can understand what he likes to do, extend plays, make plays in the pocket, out of the pocket, throwing down the field. Show some good touch after starting out really slow. That post corner, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. But on the other side of things, Sam Darnold didn't decide to throw at the combine. I have a problem with this. He's a competitor. I don't I don't care that these receivers aren't your receivers. We all know this. We're all on we're all on a very level playing field. Look, be a competitor. Show me that you're ready to compete. Um, Baker Mayfield, he did exactly what I thought he'd do, be a solid, accurate passer. Um, Josh Allen, big arm. Everyone's in just they're enthralled this big arm quarterback who's not all that accurate down the field and in Anywhere between 12 to 15 yards, that deep dig, he often, I know you like the deep dig. So we know how you feel about putting that thing, put that, putting that ball between the linebackers and the safeties, hitting that tight end over the middle, hitting that big body receiver over the middle for a, a very clutch first down. Josh Allen, that's not the guy you want to do this. But Josh Rosen might be the guy to do that because he is the prototypical star quarterback. But the problem is he has – He's the, he's the other side of things. He's the thing that the NFL fears a little bit. He's a white quarterback with a, with a brother's mentality. And Uh-oh. because he, he, he wants to speak Elvis his mind, he, <laughs> he says things like F. Trump, and he has a, a hot tub in his, in his room, and, and he's, he's <laughs> a little bit not he, – he's smarter than the coaches that are coaching him. He knows what he's doing. He's an elite quarterback, and that was something that we've known about him since his, his high school days when he was doing Elite 11 with Trent Dilfer. He's a little too smart for his own coaches, and he thinks he can fit every ball into every small space. But I Sounds think like Josh Rosen over – Exactly. But how many – I'll leave Brett Favre alone because I have thoughts on Brett Favre, and you may not like those. But um, moving on from the quarterback, I mean, this class is good. But there, it's not. It's not 1983 where you had Elway and, and Marino and all of those guys. Just, that's not this class. But they're a solid class. If they sit these guys, let them learn. But give them a rest right here. Um, I, I You're like talking them sit them and let them learn. They don't do that anymore, Fred. That's not today's. Episode. I know. I know. I know. They and try. It, it really makes There's a couple of old school coaches out there who try, but. Yeah, it even Andy Reid couldn't even let it. He he tried. Andy Reid tried. He tried. Um, but for me, it's the defensive side of the ball. I think this cornerback class is really good. Uh, you the, actually the whole defensive back class is really good, um, as well as the as these pass rushers, Bradley Chubb, uh, Deron Payne, who is a complete beast, uh, Vita Vea, who ran a five one and now five one sounds very slow until you re- realize that he was about six five and three hundred and forty seven pounds and he's blazing at five one and by the and by the way he played running back in high school and he was a little bit he was maybe a cheeseburger over two ninety five. 
So and, and if you watch the tape when he played running back, he had a violent man's mentality. So for me, when I look at the defensive for me, when I look at these defensive linemen, I see guys that want to get after the quarterback, and then I hear Saquon Barkley and running back, and I see Trent Richardson and other busts, and I don't, and I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. But I never want to even push the don't running back position into. I don't want to. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's Trent Richardson. But don't I do that. Never, will, I will never, never encourage a team to draft the 15th most valuable player on your team. The only other player that he is more valuable than is your special teams kicker, punter, or long snapper. I never want a running back drafted in the first round, much less. Number one, two, three, four, five. Great combat. I, I, I can, I can, I can respect that position, but don't invoke the name of Trent Richardson because that's like <laughs> he's a blind man that played football. Like, don't do that to me. Like, why would you bring bring him up? And and I I I don't think that Saquon Barkley is going to be an Ezekiel Elliott type of talent or ability at running back. I'm not. But I do think that he can contribute. He's a less, to me, to me, he's a less flashy, more powerful Reggie Bush. I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see a guy that can touch the ball 15 times at running back. I think you're going to see 15 rushes a game, five to seven passes a game two or three kick returns, maybe even throwing back their punt return. He's not going to be 25 carries a game. He's not Leonard Fournette. But I think he's he's going to be relatively explosive in a, in a positive way for uh, well, the team well, I that picks Because we were going to talk about this anyway, so we might as well keep Fred on to talk about um, Saquon Barkley and, and possibly the New York Giants. Like all the stuff that you just said, B, I agree with. Fred, stuff that you said, I agree with because the running back position has been devalued um, somewhat in today's NFL. So to draft a running back that high is a risky proposition when everybody's sharing backfields these days. And that's and sharing these days doesn't even mean two good running backs. So now, now we, we sub it in three. <laughs> you, I'll even go as far as Super Bowl champion got about four. Um, but listen, because we always invoke the name. Wait, wait, but we always invoke the name Ezekiel. But from all the stuff that you just finished listing, B, wouldn't that make Saquon Barkley pretty much the prototypical running back in today's NFL? Ezekiel is not oh, really today's, that. Oh, he gets NFL? the attention. Yeah. yeah. He gets attention, you know, because he gets the rushing yards. Um he does run behind a very powerful offensive line. I'm not going to give them all the credit for him because he's the type of dude who, you know, even when he's he getting tackled, that. he falls forward for at least two two yards each time, which is very valuable and you know a valuable trait for a running back. Yeah. But yeah. with how right. you know they're trotting him out today, wouldn't Saquon Barkley be more valuable? No, no, no. no you're, Elliott? you're right. You're 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 right. From a, a and you're right from an analysis standpoint of what the NFL actually is, but unfortunately, people's mind 
is actually behind where reality and present day is because we still look at Adrian Peterson as kind of the gold standard. We look at Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, who's really an exception to the rule. Big as Adrian the Peterson. Rule. What has he done? I didn't even go as far as Todd Gurley might be an exception we, to the rule. We, we, yeah, we look at those guys and we think back to the to yesteryear of 25, 30 carries a game, mm-hmm. single back. We still use that as the standard, even though the reality is much different. So I, I agree. I think he fits in, and 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 he probably is today's. He's he's he could turn into, uh, uh um, I don't know, a Lashawn McCoy. Without that wiggle, he he ain't got that that Lashawn McCoy got that Floyd Mayweather Mayweather in the phone to shake you up, but he could turn into the prototype of today. But I don't think the average fan or even scout realizes what the true prototype is versus what yesteryear was because they use the exceptions and and history to gauge as opposed to the present. Yeah. When I look at how the NFL is going, these, these players, when it comes to running back, I would personally, I would rather a Mark Walton and a Rashad Penny to do, they're both, they'll do 50% each of what Saquon Barkley will do as one player. But I'm also of the belief draft a running back uh, one draft a running back once every year because you if you don't necessarily develop him if he develops you can move, you can flip him for more draft picks and because See, Fred, Fred, so Fred, Fred, Fred I I respect I respect where you're going because I feel as though you're right in a sense but you devalue the position and I still feel like you have to give respect. To the potential greatness of a of an athlete that could be a game changer at the position, I think you're looking at the numbers saying, "Eh, the average running back's only going to last four years, and more than likely they come a dime a dozen." I'm still of the opinion that maybe, maybe Saquon Barkley is that game changer. He he might be that Ezekiel Elliott. Chances are he's not, but he could be. For me, when when it comes to that, I, what I find is I, I look at the New England Patriot model, I look at the Philadelphia Eagle model, whether it was Andy Reid oh, or God. and I look at I can have a James White, I can have a Deion Lewis, I can have a LeGarrette Blunt, and and a Rex Burkhead all in the no, same no, back. No, 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 no. I can't let you do that. I can't. I can't let you do that. Let me do that. That's an exception too. Okay. That's that's an exception too. Because they take anybody that goes to the gym six days a week and can run a four six forty, <laughs> and they just throw them back there, and it and it works. Yeah. But that's any, not that's the that. exception that's on the other it. side. But see, yeah, the average I, team can't I, do. I, but see, I, see, Fred is looking at that as a norm because he's a Patriots fan. And he's used to seeing it. It is normal for him, but any team can't do that. So you, know, you need some kind of talent. Not I mean, I'm, I agree with that, you with the you might not want to waste first round high draft pick on running backs these days, but 
every team definitely can't go back there with that bunch that you just named and be successful. Yo, Deion <laughs> Lewis, Lewis is a Hall of Fame uh, Saturday flag football player. Flat Saturday flag football player on anybody else's roster, dude is not starting in the NFL. Oh, no. And the Patriots, but credit credit to y'all, you guys can find them and you guys can do that. But a lot of those guys from from I'd say going back as far as maybe Corey Dillon, no Legarrette Blunt, Legarrette Blunt is the only legitimate starting running back that you guys have had since Corey Dillon. Oh, I, I want to say Lawrence Maroney, but I can't. I really can't. I really can't. Um, Who? I can't say Lawrence. <laughs> I, I want to, but I can't. I can't. I can't with a straight face. Why do you um, want to do that? What, what, I, I <laughs> what I, for me, I just, this is just my. I book. just made a. Is, I just made a joke. I just made a joke, and I said who. But it took me like literally twenty seconds, and I was already into the joke to remember, remember who Lawrence Corona really was. <laughs> yeah, like I really wasn't saying who. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, for me, when I, for me, and this is just my philosophy when it comes to drafting players, I don't touch a running back until about the fourth round, only because of, only because of the fact of the value of the position. Only because of the fact yeah. yeah. I've been talking to some Giants fans lately, and, you know, they're excited. They want Saquon Barkley at number two. Um, but, I, but I've also had a conversation with some of these guys, like, right now, you know, Saquon Barkley or a quarterback. And a lot of them have, have given me, like, a response surrounding the fact that they don't think that any of the Quarterbacks out there right now are surefire day one starters, right? But mm-hmm. when you have Eli Manning still at the helm, do you need a day one surefire starter, or do you need somebody no. that can learn under the tutelage of a pretty, you know, good the problem, the problem, quarterback for the problem for them, Dev. The problem for them, Dev, and and I got fooled. I got fooled last year, and I admit that I got fooled because I looked at all the weapons and all the skill positions. I looked at the defense. Their offensive line is effing putrid. Like it, and that, it, it was said terrible that in my previous so last of the season last year. So do you? So you? So B, are you saying Saquon Barkley? Are you saying they don't need a quarterback or running back? <laughs> You saying they should draft uh, the line? I would, need, I would say quarterback. They need a, fo- they need a football even team. Though, even though yeah, they do need a another regime, <laughs> another coach, they obviously showed hints last year of eventually wanting to move on from Eli Manning. So, like, this would be the perfect time in my opinion. But if you think, and they may think this because they thought this prior to last season, if you think you're just a piece or two away which their record does not show that they're a piece or two away, then maybe a running back, you know, of this caliber is what you go out and do. Now, I, I, I will admit, I've been a staunch criticizer <laughs> of, of New York Giant running backs probably since around the time he stopped fumbling. 
Because Tiki, after he stopped fumbling, Tiki was a bad boy. But since then, I think their running backs have been a tad below average. Yo, so it's like that, if they know that's, that's a criticism. Listen, they got a chance listen. to go out and get one. Can you blame them? I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it. A, I'm gonna keep it a million. And that a, that's a great point that you made. There really is no difference between giant, giant running backs and patriot running backs, other than the coaching. There's no difference. Like they're both well, like well, from one a talent perspective, they're both they're both yeah, yeah, they're they're trash. But your system, Damn. Fred, is such that it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Now, I would say when I look at the New York Giant line like their 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 squad, their personnel, there is playoff contender talent there, at least on paper at the skill positions. But their offensive line, dog, their O, their O line, and their linebackers need a lot of help, a lot of help, man. a lot of help. All right, well, Fred, you know, we're gonna kill, we're gonna hold you for a couple more minutes since you know, mm-hmm. combine and the, the a couple of these NFL topics. We talked about the Giants and Saquon Barkley. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles made a move uh, yesterday in acquiring um, defensive end Michael Bennett and a seventh-round pick, um, and they send a fifth-round pick and wide receiver Marcus Johnson to the Seattle Seahawks. What do you What do you think Michael Bennett does to the defense? You know who who I mean I guess we can call them a Super Bowl defense because they were a big reason. Of why they got there, but he didn't play any defense in the actual Super Bowl. So, what do you think Michael Bennett does? Michael Bennett pretty much is going to be your situational pass rusher. Let these young pups get after guys, and let him be the the mentor. Let him be the almost. He's the guy that comes in and gives you that extra oomph because he he can teach those techniques. He's a power rusher. He'll help a guy like a like a Derek Barnett out. He'll be a great help on third down, obvious passing down, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's been back to a Super Bowl. So he knows how to win when it matters the most on a team that has won a Super Bowl and now has that experience. So these guys are going to be hungry. And, unfortunately, I hate you guys because of the fact that we offered some more for this Michael Bennett that I wanted really badly, and you guys got it. So thanks for that. You guys, we got him because he's not going to a Trump a Trump supporting team. You're not you, going you to a very, Trump supporting team. Right. You're, you're very right. You're very right. So you're very, um, you're very right. I, I would agree. I would agree with most of your analysis. I would offer this caveat. I think that Michael Bennett will be hungry, and I think that he'll want to compete for a starting spot. And I think that as a pass rusher. He's one of the better defensive ends in the league still, still at getting to the quarterback. He's very disruptive. Even when he is not sacking the quarterback, he's causing that collapse that you need. And so I don't know what he has left athletically as a a three-down Linemen, especially against the run, 
But as yeah, a but pass rusher, I still think he's elite. To be a three-down take that defensive yeah, line. Yeah, that's like, true. You know, that's the strength of, of the team, the fact that, you know, you come in with fresh legs on every yeah. play. Hey, but Fred, yeah, man, yeah, that's uh, true. we're we going to be ramping this back up as the as the draft nears, as free agency comes up. Uh, Fred and I haven't been able to do for our NFL or our college show because of the network now for a while. Um, but we will be back at you guys soon, and Fred's going to be back in the mix on the war room as well. Uh, thank you, good brother, and we will see you in the near future, maybe even next week if something else big by then. But we appreciate your call, man. Most definitely, guys. Before I get out of here, I got to leave a little small piece of slander. You know I don't do it often. But when you are, oh. when your father's an NFL player, and his name is Zeus, and you are his son, and you are 6'8", and you are 340 pounds, and you only, you run 485, and it is the fifth lowest uh, 40 of in the combine since 2003, and you can only put up 14 reps on the bench press, and yet you're an All-American, you need to you need to shoot yourself. Just saying. I'm done. <laughs> All right, man. We all let you. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, all right. Forever do everybody the hardest working man in college football. Um, obviously called us from the train station or something. <laughs> Had the, the, the conversations and somebody was getting at somebody in the background. Sound like uh, they might have been clapping when they were talking to you know how that get. I but B back to you know some of this NFL stuff um, and and the Seahawks uh, in particular. You know they're losing Michael Bennett. Um, Word is that they're going to lease Richard Sherman soon, and Richard Sherman is letting everybody know he's ahead of the story because he's on Twitter, you know, talking about how he's basically not going to be back. His mom even tweeted something about him leaving the Seahawks. Um, Stories are coming out that he went and told all of his uh, teammates goodbye already. So what do you – Leasing him is going to save the Seahawks about $11 million in salary cap room for 2018. We all know it's a business. You're going to have people out there talking about how you know, teams aren't loyal, this and that. I don't believe loyalty in sports. I mean, you got to do something really special to garner loyalty. What do you think about the Seahawks? Shut up, Nick Especially after his season-ending season injury from last year. Um what are your thoughts on that? Highly, highly intelligent move by the Seahawks organization. You're talking about a a premier um, quasi quasi shutdown corner on the tail end of his prime. Maybe not the tail end, but definitely the end of his prime, suffering an Achilles injury. I don't – they're saying, number one, what are the chances of him returning to form as good, if not better, than what he was prior to the injury? Injury slim to none. We're paying him $11 million, and we're not going to get what we once had. Plus, by sheer virtue of his age, with every season that passes, it's more and more likely – that he's unable to compete at the level we're used to, we need to get right. rid of him. 
We need to get and rid they, of them. Like, they're they blowing up them for trades, and defense. nothing has really happened. Like they're not getting any offers for them. Well, I, I think people are in a wait and see mode, and nobody wants to take an eleven million dollar chance on a guy with a blown Achilles. They want to see. So I think that yeah, they'll have no problem finding work, but not at right. eleven. Not at Once eleven million. Out there, that. Clears waivers. Yeah. Teams will be chomping at the bit to get a cheap Richard Sherman. You but know what I'm saying? Here's, and here's, and here's the other. Here's probably the other. have to sign with somebody on the cheap just to prove that yeah. before he, you know, he gets another big check. Here's the other. The other. The other thing about that is the Legion of Boom is no more. Obviously, because he's leaving. But they don't even know if Cam Chancellor can come back from his neck injury. Like there's mm-hmm. talk of the real possibility that he could be done or never the same player with the way that he plays the game. You don't have anyone on the other side. Salute to Byron Maxwell. I hope you get hit by a train, but you don't die. Salute to him. He's on the other (laughs) side, so he's not much. Earl Thomas is it, and I feel like Earl Thomas – is just very, very slightly starting to show a little bit of age. He's still probably the best in the business. But you don't have Cam. Richard Sherman injury is serious. There's nothing left there, and you're getting rid of of Michael Bennett, so your pressure is going to be a little bit different. All that's left, is really Bobby Wagner and Cliff Averill. I feel like they know that the writing's on the wall, so it's time to break that team down. And now what they're going to do is invest on the offensive side of the ball and try and come up with younger defenders that they can start over with on the defensive side. So that that's what it, it's time to go out and get Russell Wilson some real weapons and see if he can honestly carry the team because they invest nothing on offense Salute to Doug Baldwin. We know he's an overachiever, but he's nobody's real number one receiver. And so now with that defense being blown up, they have the money to go after a real offense. That that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen. Richard Sherman will land on his feet. Um the the solidness in his game is he is not the type of corner who predicates his play on athleticism. Obviously, at that position, you got to be a great athlete, which he is. But he's not yeah. like Janoris Jenkins or Patrick Peterson, where he's just I'll run a four three forty. I'm more athletic than everybody lining up on the other side of me. So it, it feels to me like technique and hunger and and knowledge will get him through if he can return to at least ninety five percent of what he once was athletically. No doubt. And shout out to KC Mack and the Warren Sports Game Time group. Uh, he said Michael Bennett will play the role of DeMarcus Ware. Um, I assume he meant DeMarcus Ware with the Broncos. And he said the female in the background is taking over your show. Um, yeah, I know. We got to tell Fred Purdue that. I don't know where he called in from. But, hey, when Peter King calls our Stop show, bringing you back, he don't call you. with people screaming in the background. You know, man? Let's get a professional like Peter King. Shout out to Peter King. People listening for the first time probably think I'm joking. No, Peter King really was on the show with them, and it was nice and quiet in the background. Looking at you, Fred. 
Let's take some calls real quick. We got <laughs> uh, Rob calling in from the west side right now. Rob, what's going on, good brother? You know, what side? About Nick Foles. About Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Nick Foles hasn't been traded so on good. That's going to be my first name of my kids, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Nicholas. But anyway. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Nick Foles Williams, huh? So what's up, what's up man? What's on your mind? On my mind. First of all, yo, give James Hawes probably one of the best, one of the worst defenders that ever Live that's gonna win the MVP. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I mean, Beyonce can probably, uh, <laughs> probably, probably help me out yeah, on that. But, he, you know. he, he, no, no, yeah, he, he pretty much got that on lock. And any pressure that he may have felt from Anthony Davis probably went out the wayside when Anthony Davis uh, fell on what's the name's ankle last night. So, I mean, on his foot and twisted his own ankle last night. So. Um, that'll probably man, slow man. Anthony Davis down. Was on like a historical pace in the last two weeks or so. But yeah, better than James, LeBron. Yeah. He is, <laughs> you know, the, in the past few weeks. The the, the better than everybody. Just, and you know, uh, Harden's from LA, so I got red minds. You know what I'm saying? You got two LA dudes running back to back. You know what I'm saying? So all all. all also, that that's in the face of Beyonce who called L.A. Ballers soft. That's just me, you know what I mean? That don't change. He's still soft. He don't play no defense. He's scared. <laughs> oh, yeah, God. I wouldn't exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, classify his game I, as, I mean, nothing but finesse. He's, he's a finesse player, so. Wait. <laughs> I guess that's the and, 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 and he's soft. Not, not he's soft because he's not Westbrook. Away. He melted away. Westbrook, he melts away Westbrook like ice. He melts. Oh yeah, yeah. Westbrook different, but James Harden melts away like ice in the clutch. Like in situations in the playoffs, when real gangsters are sitting at courtside, he disappears. I, 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 I have one also a few questions, but I got one particular. Um, if y'all could talk about later on, a lot of people are making the argument. Um. Um, Kevin Durant or Julius Irving. I hope y'all discuss that. Like when we get to the NBA segment, you know, because there's been a lot of battling online about that. Uh, also, uh, uh, also the combine. Uh, the the, the underwear Olympics was was all was 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 good. That was really good this year. The DBs. We had a Caucasian DB run a four three. I've never seen that before <laughs> in my life. Jason Seahorn. I mean, the world is changing, man. He must have. I think Jason Seahorn and that kid must have been a milkman's baby or something. Like you know, you know, go to Norway. <laughs> like it's 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 unreal. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know. So um, what are what are people saying? People are saying Kevin Durant is already better than Julius. They're making a compare. Yes. Yes, basically, either or. And I think it's very premature for it to make. However, Durant, as I speak, some older guys would tell me, like, first there was Julius, then there was Mike, then there, you know, or, my, you know, Mike, he got Julius. See, so there's a, there's I, a, not, I, there's more, there's a lot yeah, of variables on the scale of greatness. 
And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, you know, just because of the way the game has evolved, you know, there's a lot of guys out here now, especially at taller heights with dynamic skill sets that people like Julius Irvin didn't have back then. At this point in his career, I, I don't think in any way does that make him greater or, you know, rank him higher in NBA history, not yet, Julius Irvin. Now, if we're going to say, you know, is Kevin Durant a better player than Julius Irvin, that's relative. Because, like I said, you know, things change, things evolve. He has a better handle than Julius Irvin. He, he, he can do a whole lot more, but has he had the same impact as Julius Irvin? And he has he even has the advantage of being a part of the social media era. But relatively speaking, Julius Irvin back then was a straight-up icon, you know, when, when communicating like. with the rest of the world wasn't nearly as easy. So, no, I don't think Kevin Durant has surpassed like Julius Irving on the all-time player list yet. But is he a better basketball uh, player? Probably. <laughs> but more to go. I like, I like, I like, yeah, I like the I like the hold, – hold on, hold on, Rob. I like the explanation that Brother Dev just gave. And, and we're going to give you some homework, Rob. You're going to have to do a, 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 a small essay for us. We don't have time for you to call back in on the show. And deliver that essay, but in the in the uh, in the group me app or on the Facebook uh, app, you can uh, deliver it via the blog. Define the difference and and compare and contrast between between greatness and best, right? Great and best. So greatness is greatness or greater. That's accomplishments. What you have done with your career, with your skill, with your game, with whatever, what you've taken and accomplished, that's greatness, right? Best is actually evaluating just skill set, right? So I would say that Kobe Bryant is a better long-range shooter than Michael Jordan, even though their, their, their percentages from three are pretty even that's because Kobe took ignorant and stupid shots because he knew he could make them, right? Mike Mike didn't really work on three ball shooting until it was too late. Had he worked on it, would he have been a better three ball shooter? Probably, but that's the better argument, right? So we're talking about who's the better at something. Greater greatness is forged in iconic moments. moments. And Doctor yeah. J has had far more iconic moments in his career and far more meaning to the game than Kevin Durant has at this stage of his career. Can Doc didn't have very much in the way of skill set. He was just a very <laughs> smart player and a very athletic player, and those two married to make him great. He got it done. We'll see in terms of Kevin Durant, but amassing a whole bunch of stats – in this day and age, doesn't equate to to, to greater to me. So I, I like I like to have that conversation about what's the difference between best and greater, or being the best versus being the greatest. No doubt. All right. Oh, I thank you. And I I want I want to say two quick things while I dip out. For one, right. you know, for for those who don't like me. 
you know, uh, posting uh, by my Eagles online. Guess what? You know, <laughs> take it like a man. You know what I'm saying? Tell you know, E-A-D. I mean, we're the world <laughs> champions. I mean, I don't say nothing where, you know, my man Tobias comes in with roll tie. You know why? Because they're a dynasty, because they're champions, because that's his team. You know, I mean, yeah. Listen, if 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 people don't like, if people don't like me saying saying what I gotta say about my team, guess what? Don't get mad at me. Get mad at your team because your team is exactly. You ain't gotta explain yourself, bro. Like I, I've been telling people. Yeah, y'all gotta talk to them people. People telling me, people tell me every day because. Championship gear has become a part of my uniform, and it's going to be that way for a while. People are saying, like, man, come on, man, it's been wow. over a month. It's time to, you know, it's time to chill. No, it's not time to chill, homie. I waited all my life for this. You know, <laughs> if you want me to chill, I waited. Tell your team to beat mine. Yo, he sound like Killmonger. I waited all my life for this. But, yo, but, yo, I, will, yeah. yo, I, I do, I, I do want to say this. I do want to say this. Yo. Don't please don't listen to Fed, but do what comes to running backs. He said, uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. I want to take my back at first round. Ezekiel Elliott went the first round and his team went to the playoffs. He said, Leonard Fournette wasn't, um, well, you know, I want to take the first round and he uh, went to the playoffs. You know, you know what, though? You know what, though? He's, he's just right. He's right, though. He's right, and I wouldn't want to use the exceptions to the rule to create the rule. Like Ezekiel Elliott, as much as it pains me to say this, Ezekiel Elliott is scary, dude. Like he's he is somewhere between one and three in terms of best running backs in the NFL, and 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 the distance between those top three backs and everybody else is worlds apart. So. As See, a that's rule, the thing, though. I'm not taking a running back in the first yeah, round. Rob, I'm not. You know how you can tell he's right, though? Because it's really only happening, like, once every year. It's, you know, it's like one – the running backs you name. Like, one running back going in the first round or high in the first round when that used to be the position that everybody coveted. So, like like B said, like, you're naming the, the special dudes from the past three seasons. And it, you, you can't really name the absolute special dudes and then act like there's a problem with what he said when everybody used to be out there clamoring for a running back and they used to be sprinkled all over the first round. So it's something to what he said. You can name Zeke. You can name Gurley. You can name, you know, Barkley. You can name uh, Fournette. But, you know, there's, there's probably going to be into the rule every year. There's going to be one. Good year, two backs that go in the first round or or in the first half of the first round, but it's the way they're playing football these days. It's 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 a pretty solid um, way of thinking. The only thing where I think Fred may get in trouble is that he doesn't always talk about just the the systematic, you know, devaluing of the running back in the NFL, he starts to talk about the running back in general and calling them like overrated and stuff like that. I don't agree with that sometimes because I didn't think Fournette was overrated. I don't think Saquon Barkley is overrated. You know, any of those guys. I just think their position has been devalued. So it's something yeah, the that a lot of teams don't want to reach for. 
He 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 uh, has something. Hey, he has something. Right, we gotta get he out of here. Personal man. agenda so what, for next. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, one more question, Dev. What uh-huh. what's my what's brother Malcolm gonna do with all that money he got from the NFL owners? <laughs> <laughs> I told you, me sold out, Dev. I told you. I tried to tell you, man. Like first of all, everyone that says that, like some, like I I used to think that people like it was jokes, but I'm starting to. Th- People really think that. Like people really think that the NFL gave him a bag of money. No, the NFL earmarked funds to go to um, black charities over the next several football seasons. Like I really thought it was a joke when y'all see that, but now I'm starting to realize that y'all really do think that the NFL gave him a check. He didn't get a check. How is charities gonna stop us getting gunned down in the streets? I could, I can't. Hey, all right, but is Superman is he supposed to be the one to stop you from getting gunned down in the street? In the street? No, I'm like, why about, is that his I'm responsibility? As a player protest, as a player protest, what they could tell them is like, listen, we want y'all to reach out to Congress and pass some bills on, on at least police reform, at least for more training. I'll be Dude, satisfied. Do you see how many times he's sitting? He's for, sitting with legislators. Why do you think huh? one thing? Why do you think one thing is? Somebody's doing because that's the thing that's getting the most attention. You've so never why, seen Malcolm so Lincoln sitting down with legislators. Why? Why did he have cold captain? You didn't see him go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the day after a game to talk about huh? that kind of stuff happening in Pennsylvania. You didn't. Like, I really thought y'all were. It was like on when we were talking about. Oh, got that bag. He gonna show up with a new whip. I was high time with y'all. It was a joke, but I think y'all really think the league gave him a check. Yeah, they really believe that. No, I'm not talking <laughs> about a check. I'm talking about what those funds. Th- 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 there are many things that it doesn't Rob, matter. Rob, is it more? Is it more money than the form of the system? The money these black It's just, just say yes because no, there's nothing to think told. about. Wait, wait, wait! I, I couldn't <laughs> hear. What did he say? Repeat that. Hold on. My bad. I said it. More I said, money you, that was your... yeah. I'm, I'm like, it, it, do you? Is it more money than these black charities would have been, you know, on the hook to receive prior to this happening? Like, that's nothing to think about. The answer to that is yes. yes so it was yes, like, yes, yes, but how? But, but the, the protest is for against against police against police genocide, right? That's that was the, what Colin Kaepernick's protest was for. But if you can get more things done with one fell swoop, why is everybody hating? If you can look Colin into more things with one, before. if you can, Rob, if you can knock down six birds with one stone, why don't you? Or at least not knock them down. At least, at least throw some. If you can, you know, if you can aim at some stuff. Why does your whole life have to be predicated around one cause? I don't understand people because if you don't do anything, then people are gonna call you all kinds of names. You do stuff, people still call you all kinds of names. Like, why does his call? Why? Why? That's why, why does it have to be focused on people. one cause? <laughs> like, I, I really don't get that, and I really thought people were on joke time. Like, y'all really think this boy got a check, didn't you? I, I didn't think he got a check. I didn't think he got a check. I didn't think he got a check. <laughs> I, I'm making sure y'all on joke time. Cause it, All right, Rob. Right, we got to roll. I thought everybody was, but then 
it starts to get it starts to sound like y'all serious. Like, we'll see. But like, if anybody would have read the story and read what actually happened, like you would realize this is not the time to be like, well, what did he do with all that money? First of all, they didn't get any money yet. There's money that's going to be set aside. If if in the next two years you don't start to see commercials with the NFL and and that are like geared towards causes that are a little closer to home for us, then you can start to ask like, wait, what happened to all that money that was earmarked for that other stuff? You know how I'm, during I'm, the season you see a breast cancer commercial and then you see what was the what was the campaign they were doing be when when uh, Chris Carter was on the John crying. <laughs> Like I forgot oh. what that was. Was that like a, a Me Too type Me campaign or something? Me too. It was a Me Too jump. Yeah. So I, I, like, if I, you don't start seeing new campaigns that's focused around black causes, then you can start saying, "Yo, what happened to Mountain?" You know, with all that stuff that they supposedly I got. I don't want to tie my cause with the NFL. I don't want to encourage more brothers to go to the NFL to get CTE. I want I, I want the money to go to football. Oh man, right. Well, then what? To, then what are we? What are to, we here for? Take, like, what? Huh? what? I, but who said that they're encouraging people encourage. to go to the NFL? Uh, a, a Me Too campaign with Chris Carter's on TV crying ain't got nothing to do with encouraging anybody to go to the NFL. <laughs> oh God! A breast cancer awareness campaign is not telling people to go to the NFL. <laughs> Like, oh, I don't get what you're talking about. All right, but we got to go, man. <laughs> we got to right, go. Brother. So we'll holler at you next week, man. Thanks for your call, good brother. All right, yep, I'll take care, man. Yep, God bless you. All right. We appreciate you. <laughs> Yo, my bad, Tobias. Tobias then banged off the line. Rob took his time. We tried to we tried to get off the line. Rob kept yapping. <laughs> he kept changing subjects and all that kind of stuff. Y'all know how it go. All right, so, um. Yeah, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what the Giants actually do with that number two pick. I mean, for real, for real. If I was if I were them, I'd I'd start to field some calls for a lot of teams that's desperate to move up and get a quarterback, or desperate to move up and and get a running back, and see if you can get you know more picks spread around those first few rounds of the draft. Maybe a team like the, like the Giants who thought they were going to be in the mix for a Super Bowl last season can actually address some of those needs that are actually important <laughs> to get them to where they thought they might have been. So I'm pretty sure that's something that they need to be evaluating as well. All right, stat of the week real quick. We got two teams in the NFL that's on fire in two different ways. Um, we got the Utah Jazz. In the NBA, NFL. Oh, NFL, my bad. Yeah, the NBA. Um, the Utah Jazz are on a nine-game road-winning streak. So um, they beat the Pacers in their last game by a score of 104-84 in Indiana for their ninth consecutive road win. Um, they were just 5-19 and on the road before this streak began on January 24th. So this nine-game winning streak is the longest in NBA history for a team that begin the streak with a road record at least 10 games under the 500 mark. Um, the previous longest such streak was by the Phoenix Suns, who won eight consecutive games away from home um, while entering with the sh- uh, 
entering the streak with a 5-25 and 25 road record. Um, so, you know, stats and analytics, you know, go way too far these days. So it's one of those, you know, this is the longest streak in NBA history say, for a team that won a game on the road on a Tuesday that? night that started at 7 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. <laughs> but shout out to the Jazz because basically, in a nutshell, what we're saying here is they stunk on the road. And now all of a sudden they've won nine games straight on the road. And the biggest streak in the NBA, um, it's not a home streak, not a away streak. It's an overall streak. The Houston Rockets, who we will talk about um, a little later in the show, uh, they beat the Bucks on Wednesday, and that extended their, their league-high winning streak to 17 games. However, this is the second time that Mike D'Antoni has led a team to a 17-game winning streak. Um, he did it again with the Phoenix Suns back in 06-07. The only other head coach with multiple single-season single winning streaks of 17 or more are the great Red Auerbach in 46-47 and in 59-60 and Phil Jackson with the 95-96 Bulls and the 99-2000 Los Angeles Lakers. So um, shout-out to the Jazz Shout out to the Houstonian Rockets, who we will discuss in just a few minutes. So real quick, before we get into these grind topics and a couple of birthday shout outs, um, you guys can check out our website at warroomsports.com. While you're there, take your time, look around, click on the Contact Us tab, send us a message about the company, the show, or to inquire about sponsorship and advertising opportunities or joining the network, or any other business you might have with War Room Sports. For general inquiries, email us, info at warroomsports.com. While you're browsing the site, make sure you click on the memorabilia tab. We got a few T-shirts that you might enjoy, um, quotes from the shows, stuff like that, um, small baller brand stuff. It's not going to cost you $60 for a T-shirt or $495 for a pair of shoes. Um we, we small ballers over here, but you can also click the blog tab our son, to read our, our latest articles. <laughs> you can click the, our respective icons and tabs to follow all of our social media platforms, to subscribe to the iTunes podcast, to watch our webcast at War Room Sports TV, and to download our free War Room Sports mobile app on Android or iOS. To get everything I just mentioned on the go, join the JW Philly Realty chat room right now during the show at blogtalkradio.com slash thewarroom. To enter the chat room, just sign up for a free profile on Blog Talk Radio. If you don't want to create an account, you don't have to. You can sign in through your Facebook and Twitter accounts. And while you're at it, make sure you click follow. That'll get you updates and reminders about the show. We'll be taking questions and reading posts from Facebook, Twitter, the chat room, the War Room Sports Game Time group on the GroupMe app. Anywhere you can get in touch with us during the show, we will post your questions and comments, or we will we will say them on the air. To call in and speak with us, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted, but if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to holler at us. All right, so what happened this week, good people, while y'all were on the grind? That's what we're going to talk about right now. And while you were on the grind, um, we're just going to get right into it because while you were on the grind actually does not have a sponsor this week. I'm a little bit salty about that. So if you own a small business, call us. You can get a segment on the show sponsored by your business, and we will uh, promote that for you. So holler at us with the information I just gave you. All right, 
Why y'all on the grind? B. Boxer Jamal Charlo loses a literal bag of money at Jay Z's Forty Forty Club. This is not me talking slang, saying, "Yeah, man, he lost a bag, like he was gambling or something." No, he actually lost a bag of money. Um, the New York Daily mm-hmm. News reported that. Uh, a friend of his left a Louis Vuitton bag unattended, which contained $40,000 in cash and about $115,000 in jewelry. An unidentified woman was seen on security footage with the bag. But listen, I dug a little deeper. I found out that they were in the club. They got into a little altercation. You can see video footage of... um, Charlo taking off his shirt like he was getting ready to, to, to do some business. And one of his guys handed the bag to one of these women, a white woman, <laughs> to hold the bag while they were about to go act childish in the club. I guess she either mm-hmm. unzipped it, found out was in it, or just knew what kind of people she was dealing with. So she stepped off with the bag. So do you feel any Think type of sorrow monkey. for this dude? Because first of all, you know, um, like why, did, why, 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 why are we living in these times? You know what I'm saying? You see Floyd do certain things, and then it trickles down to all of these wannabes. Like if you're in a club partying, why do you have to have mm-hmm. a duffel bag a full bag. of money and jewelry? Like what are y'all changing jewelry every five minutes to impress somebody? Like, yeah, I'm going to reach in the bag, put this on, because the last time she saw me when I walked to the bathroom, I had this on. Like what is the point of carrying a bag into a club with forty grand and $115,000 worth of jewelry? Do you feel sorry for this man um, in any way? I am actually sorry for myself because if I would have known the woman, then – you know, we could have had a, a special sponsor for the show. This, this but um, <laughs> I uh, feeling sorry for these cats is outside of the realm of what I am capable of. Um, first of all, when you are a registered and licensed boxer, you can't get into altercations because your fists are considered deadly weapons. So what were you doing, Mr. Charlo? That's first and foremost. Secondly, is a is there's a old there's a old maxim that states nothing good goes on after one AM. Now I don't know whether all of this happened before one AM or after, but I'm going to assume it was after because <laughs> when we were in our heyday Back in that that city of brotherly love, we used to run across the bridge to Jersey because Jersey stayed open until five in the morning. So I'm assuming that this was a, a after one a.m. event, and they should have been on their merry way home. And why, as you said earlier, why do you come out of your of wherever you came from with forty thousand dollars in cash, and more importantly, a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars in jewelry? I'll tell you exactly why. Because you do it for the gram. You wanted to do it for the gram. You wanted to take pictures. And the great prophet John Jackson said, money ain't the root of all evil no more. Attention is. Stupidity is. And I leave all right, you with look, that. I, this is <laughs> I leave not you with that. exactly 
a call-in segment, but we're going to go to the phone line anyway because his brother was trying to wait it out when, when Rob was on the line. So we're going to go to Tobias out in Arizona. <laughs> What's going on, Tobias? Roll damn hey, Rob. Roll damn Roll You can't damn get rid of Rob. Rob. Nah, we 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 let Rob we let Rob commandeer the show every week, man, because we started to say peace to Rob two minutes into the call, and he ended up on the line for fifteen minutes. So my bad, because <laughs> I'm usually the one yeah. that can just you know cut ties and 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 bang on the dude. But hey, I'll say these things real. I say these things real quick. First things first. The one thing I say, Rob, our Eagles fans, enjoy that championship. Keep posting because yeah. it's so hard to win, win your team win a championship. Enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, we know how but, hard it is. <laughs> yeah. Now, and see, the thing is, remember I always said about the Eagles, team building, always making improvements. And this goes back to my whack-ass Tampa Bay Buccaneers. you got the <laughs> coach and a GM come off a 5-11 season, all of them on lame duck deals, right? What do they do? Nothing. We don't call it status quo in Tampa. We call it status woe. Uh, he's got Robert <laughs> Quinn, half for a fourth round pick. You need. You got the worst pass rush, the worst defense in football. Don't do nothing. Uh, you know, Michael Bennett. No, he passes prime, but he's better than what you got. Nothing, right? Then here's the best part about it. They're up here, and like Bucks fans are stupid. They're, you know, you hear about that rumor that said the Raiders are looking to get Gerald McCoy. A, for a second round pick, and they're like, man, we can't lose Gerald McCoy. He's our best defensive player. One, he's 30 years old. We got the worst defense in the league with him. Take the second round pick. <laughs> you, <Right>. know? <laughs> no, you know, fans get sentimental, man. We were talking about that whole loyalty thing earlier. Like, I don't expect any players, I don't expect any teams to be loyal to each other. Like, it's a, it's a business, you know? So, yeah. yeah. I and mean, I, you know, when we talk about players and, and what's, like, going on in the NBA, to me that's that's a little bit different because I'm not business decisions. I'm I'm opposed to, you know, bitch acidness. But, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and I'll say this, <laughs> and I'll take it off the air. And I'll say this before, and I'll take it off the, and I'll listen off the air. Y'all were talking about moments. See, the LeBron era, the Nick Wrights of the world, they turning base basketball into baseball was all numbers. But we talked about the greats. We talked about their moments. We talked about what they did in the playoffs. We don't know. The thing is, you don't know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's stats. Most people didn't know Carmelo second in career scoring. You know, people don't know stats. We talk about their moments. Michael Jordan shot against Cleveland. How many? How many moments? How many moments about Wilt do we talk about? The hundred point Mm -hmm. game. That's it. Yeah, other than that, other than that, Boom. we talk about that's a stat. That's a stat itself. That's and all that's a stat in itself. Hundred point game. That's a stat in itself, though. Yeah, and, and see, and to me, that's that makes basketball so great. It's moments. It's not about your numbers because you got your numbers, you still lose, you still lost, and that's why I hate when people well, they got a triple double, but they lost. It's about wins and losses in your moments, and I think that it's don't turn into the baseball. But, hey, but you guys have a good one, though, fellas. I'll listen off the, off the line, off the air, though. All right, Jimmy. Right, well, you know, appreciate I'll let you. No, I mean, and Jimmy, what you said, that's, that's, that's you know, kind of what I was explaining to Rob earlier when he called in. Um, you know, for, for me, and I think, you know, the way it probably should be, like, nothing be dependent on one variable. There's too many variables that go into greatness 
You know what I'm saying? You can't just look at stats, and you can't just look at the moments. You have to put everything <laughs> together. Because it, And this is how it came up, Jim. Cause, uh, it, Rob called in, and he was talking about how people were talking about Kevin Durant being better than Julius Irving at this point in his career. And, you know, I fully – acknowledge with the evolution of basketball and with taller players are able, you know, able to do with the ball, shoot mm-hmm. and dribble and all that kind of stuff. Kevin Durant, I would like easily say that he's a better, you know, he has more skills than Julius Irving. He's probably at this point a better basketball player than Julius Irving ever was. But I don't think on the all-time greatest list, I don't think he surpassed Julius Irving just yet. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, because more than because, his skill set, more thing. than his stats. You know what I'm saying? You, Julius was an icon before it was easy to be an icon because you know he wasn't around when you could just talk to the whole world at the at the <clears throat> click of a button. But um, because he's uh, he yeah. he he has an influence. He has an influence, and he's probably one of the most influential athletes ever. But is it right. that, that's like different conversations in terms of better player and more influence. It, it's so it's sort of like it's sort of like um, Eminem can rap better than Tupac, but does he have the influence of a Tupac? Hell no, never will. Tupac right. is probably right. the most like the, the most culturally significant icon person it is. But from a technical standpoint, I can name sixty better, you know, MCs. Now, getting hey, relating it back to Tupac, so <laughs> relating it back to <laughs> Relating it back to sports, I get the point. If I'm picking a squad today, I'm picking Kevin Durant 11 times out of 10 before I'm picking uh, Dr. J. But I do, and I do, I do understand and appreciate Dr. J's influence, what he meant to the game. With, with, with respect, we respected Doc. Yeah, this, this, but yeah, you got to pick, you got to pick Durant. Problem. This is the problem with like going across generations. But on the yeah, flip it's side, to this do. Is also. So, this is also why, um, you know, when you get when you get the um, nerds into the game and they talk about stats, the reason they talk about stats are because these technically are the only things that are facts. Now, I get both sides of it. So I understand, like, you know, yeah. the moment, the story. But it's also um, a fact also that... Also the context, because there's no context to statistics. Right. But... I was about to say, because it's also a fact that they're not playing against the same people. It's fact that they're not playing with the same rule book. Exactly. Which so, is why, yeah, which so is why it's difficult to do, is, which is why, you know, which is why I solved all this before about the table of gods. But the fact of the matter, you're, this, the great <laughs> thing about it is the comparisons. Y'all got to go get that book. Y'all will understand why these conversations are not even necessary anymore. Because they're really not. They're really not. But at the end of the day, I get it because it's what, it, it's what makes sports beautiful is the ability to do that. It's kind of like mm-hmm. what brings us together because the older generation in my family, like a lot of us, spent time arguing your generation versus mine. And now I find myself as sort of the elder statesman arguing with the young boys. But I get it. This is life. I remember arguing yeah. Magic, Michael, and Lack versus Russell and still in the blank. You know, whoever, you, whoever they want to say, Oscar. Now... You know, LeBron Durant versus the guys that I grew up watching. So this is just this is just what happens. You know what I mean? Like, but the fact right. of the matter is, you'll never really be able to to understand what happened. But I I get the whole statistics thing because data it runs the world at this point at every level. And yep, but the way they look know, at it is, yo, these are facts. These aren't he looked better than him, jump higher than him. like this is a fact that he scored still in the blank twenty two point seven. Doesn't doesn't that doesn't that degrade doesn't that degrade the game a little bit the the impact well, of what you're saying as it as it as it as it injects itself into not just the conversation but the game itself 
doesn't that impact the quality of, of, of the game or the sport? Well, it, it depends on how you take it as a fan. Are you talking about how they played or how or or the flip side is how you take it? Because a lot of times when I hear people who come on our page or whatever, they're always talking about Nick Wright said this. Mean well, I don't Nick Wright. Really? He said you don't what? what I was saying is a lot of people come on our show talking about Nick Wright said this and Nick Wright said that. Stop watching Nick Wright. <laughs> I mean, it's real, real yeah, talk. I, mean, I, don't yeah. watch, I don't watch... I don't watch gay blue movies. So my thing is, obviously you like what he's saying because you want to argue with him every day. I don't watch the stuff, so for me, I don't care that they do that. Now, in terms of how the game is played, if it's changing the way the game is played, that's something else. But this is a difference that's, between science and art. Right? That's true, though, Jimmy, so because have, every Nick Wright clip that I've ever seen, the reason why I know Nick Wright and, and why he's Nick Wright is because Every time he says something, I'm sent a clip by somebody who doesn't like Nick Wright. <laughs> I'm like, yo, why like, are you always? Y'all obviously yeah. do like it. Yo, I have never. I, y'all know I, I don't watch any of those shows. Like, show. uh, yeah, yo, I've never seen that show. Radio. I watch the games and form my own opinions. Like, I have never, I really have never watched Shannon Sharp show one time. I've never watched yeah. Nick Wright show one time. First I've of never, all, I'm trying to you, why y'all go watching them anyway? Yeah, Skip Bayless, this show or his last show on ESPN. Like, I've never watched more than 15 minutes of that show, and that probably was, you know, it had to it, it had to do something with something I love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I watched a few more minutes of these shows when the Eagles won the Super Bowl <laughs> just because I wanted I to see what everybody was basically, 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 y'all. I watch YouTube clips because I spend, like, 90% of my day on YouTube. Skip, y'all basically yeah. – I see what you did there. But, yo, but the point is in terms of how it's affecting the game, though, B. Austin, that, that, that's where you have a mesh between, like, science and art because kind of the argument we're having because what they're using is data science to make decisions, and what we respect is the art. So it, it's, it's like a, um, a clash of the two things happening. Um, you always have old school coaches that don't care about that, but the fact is, the success of you know a Houston Rockets will determine what everybody else. Does. So if Yo, it never works, James Harden, it'll shoot play. more threes. Play less All right, well, speaking speak speak of, was based on didn't work. Yeah, pretty much. But um, speaking of players with uh, great stats, <laughs> great uh, skills. And 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 great moments. Kobe Bryant, he uh, won an Oscar for the animated short film Dear Basketball, which was basically uh, his letter to basketball in the Players Tribune as he was retiring. But there, like we said, it was when he first got nominated for this. It has caused an outrage, a huge stir from the Me Too community, and there has been a petition. Um, for for Kobe to get his Oscar taken away from him, and this is all because of the sexual assault allegations that he faced back in 2003. Um, I've heard a lot of people, you know, condemn him this past week. I've heard a lot of people defend him this past week. Um, it's, it's a slippery slope, especially now in these these times, but this is nothing that we didn't call, fellas. When we when we first heard yeah. that he was nominated, we, about it we knew it was going to be crazy, you know, 
just being nominated, but now the Eagle, fact that he's won the Oscar. Colorado. <laughs> so what are y'all thoughts on, on this whole thing? Everybody talking about they should take his Oscar back and all that kind of stuff. Yo, I, 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 I think it's the most ridiculous. I think it's the most ridiculous thing out there right now. Um, and, you know, when you look in that into that case, and kind of what happened there. I, I can't be the judge of what he did right or wrong other than the infidelity to his to his significant other. Like I don't I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. Even in hindsight looking back at that case there was so much that went on with the alleged victim um and, and her behavior and it's like I, I, I just don't know. You know, I, I, I think that you know, he obviously, there was some impropriety there. Um, he has repeatedly apologized for it and expressed his remorsefulness. I, I don't know, man. And I think that to bring it up now and to say that he shouldn't have an Oscar, that's kind of like my argument for um, Will uh, uh, Bill, <laughs> Bill Cosby, you know, um, just because he was sneaking the Jell-O pudding pop uh, forcefully upon people, I I, I don't think that that yeah. robs him of his space Yo, in, in history. I think you have to give context around that and 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 talk about it. So we're t- we're having the discussion and the dialogue, but he definitely shouldn't have to give up the Oscars. Like that's crazy. Do you think he Do you think he should have just paid her off like she does? <laughs> <laughs> But but all jokes aside though, all jokes aside, um, I, I actually put thought into this because I'm, I'm a loser and I spend time thinking about stuff like this. But uh, I, I look at how Kobe has responded to that whole situation and that time and everything that he's done since then, in terms of what we're at least what we're shown um, in terms of him being a family man, being very apologetic and um, and, and, and and putting his forefront and trying to do everything the family back together. And I juxtapose that to like when OJ got off of something that he did, his behavior then he just like wowed turned out. up. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened in Colorado that night, but what I do know is his response to going through that is he did everything he was supposed to do on the court and off the court. And um, I also want to congratulate him for doing that because I think that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, I think he's yeah. bugging a little bit when he said uh, Cause y'all, more cause than I know um, OJ going, OJ going back to jail. At some point, <laughs> no, no, we know. Now, my you, point you're is talking like, about now. You mean OJ going back to jail as an old man, like within the next two or three years, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah. now. Like, oh yeah, OJ's yeah, going yeah. back to jail. Yeah. He just got out like the month, a couple months ago. But like Jimmy said, like and, and, he he got in trouble, and then he just either he showed his true colors or he just you know he just yeah. Wild out. So it's like it's. Like I try to see people's response to um, adversity. Not saying that Kobe did, didn't do it. I don't know what happened. None of us know what happened. What we know is it was only an accusation. Um, the chick took the bag to uh, leave it alone. But uh, I don't want a victim blamer. I'm not gonna get into what it be all said about her behavior. You know, with having um, like three or four different types of semen in her. You know, I'm not getting into all that. But what I will say is his response to it was was the way that you would want someone to respond to it. What he's done since then, uh, like I said, again, what we're shown, we don't know what really goes on. 
um, yeah. has been one. And also, it's like, shut up. It's, it's, it's getting to the point where, like, you know, I, I'm I'm all for women's rights. I'm for me too. I love women. Um, I think what's going on in terms of them, um, basically taking power in this country, is actually an amazing thing. But at the same time, some of these situations, I just saw today that a, a bull um, got locked up for something that happened like 50 years ago. Now, and, and again, lining people up. It, it, it <laughs> like everybody, no, we think we living our best life. Something going to come back on, something y'all did in college going to come back on. <laughs> Yo, all I'm saying is, uh, what are y'all going down? <laughs> I'm not even putting that out there. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, it's getting a little bit out of control. Um, but you know, I mean, things happen. Um, it's it's just it's just unfortunate that you. Know, I mean, it's the world we live in. But everybody has a voice. Social media, everybody, and I want everybody to have a voice. But at the same time, everybody shouldn't have a voice. If that makes any sense, because <laughs> no, makes people, sure. take, it's, it's, people it's, take advantage of it. Yeah, that's just one of them things saying you know, everybody has the the the. Mind capacity, or everybody should have the mind capacity to have a voice, but some people just stupid and they shouldn't talk. Because a lot of people don't I mean, think it's, it's, these things. When you, when you sit and try to have a conversation with them, they jump on a bandwagon. And you, you, you shouldn't. Them. You shouldn't talk right now unless you want to. You know. <laughs> like yeah. I'll, say, I'll say why. Like if you, if you ask some of those people are that you, were on Twitter, you know, I'll are you talking out of turn? <laughs> why? Why do you feel that way? Right? And they say. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, people join people join people join into movements and this this uh, cosign without putting any independent thought into what they're doing. And this is not just um Kobe, but just in general. And and you know, yeah. um I forgot the term that Dev always uses about like uh when everybody joins in and makes someone their job or their group, people group join think. into whatever you group think. Yeah, the group think go yeah, group think goes so crazy. It's so fast these days, boy. You know, some things are agreed. No different like, there's no different there's no difference between human beings in today's society and lemmings. <laughs> yeah, I remember we used to say that a lot on this show. We used to talk about lemmings. Well, lemmings. That would be awesome. He'd always talk about lemmings. <laughs> yeah, that be a, that's his before, word. before white supremacy was his tag word, lemmings used yeah, to be yeah. his tag word. His new lemmings. word was white supremacy before was lemmings. Call everybody lemmings. You need a lemming <laughs> bell. All right, um... The bull Canelo Alvarez, who is scheduled to fight in the rematch with Gennady Golovkin, um, he's tested positive for the banned substance clenbuterol. Now, he and his camp has said um, they're blaming this on bad cows <laughs> for meat that they've been eating down in Mexico. Um, Yo, be a baby so <laughs> he basically blaming it on Mexican meat. Um, Paul's that all day. But uh, <laughs> do y'all believe this, or do y'all think or do y'all oh. think Canelo Alvarez is a dirty of drug course user? Not. Boxer, fairy user? No, that would never happen. <laughs> uh, it was bad meat, yo. Come on. But yeah. but listen, it it said. <laughs> l- listen to this because. I'm going to give you all a chance to either say that maybe he has a point, or I'm going to give you all a chance to, 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 to basically slander the whole country of Mexico. It says, Clenbuterol has shown up in drug tests for many Mexican athletes in recent years because of meat contamination in the country. Alvarez also said meat contamination caused his positive test. So, so 
maybe knowing that he jumped on that bandwagon. Like, man, you know, it's not a known fact, but Yo, it's been what if, rumored what, what, what that it's been rumored that we got bad meat. We got Clint. I don't know, man. Let, let, Yo, I'll find that is, out. But y'all think he jumped on the bandwagon? Uh, my question is, when uh, when y'all president saw this, I wonder what his response was. <laughs> You know he let it. You know he let it. He's going to use it. Now he's going to want y'all to build a wall around all their farms now, so their cows can't get over here. So we won't all be walking around with Clint Buterol in our system. Um, I'd be, I, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I have no clue what the hell Clint Buterol does. Um, and a lot of these, like a lot of these, a lot of these things, they don't tell you what they do. It's just on the ban list, like. And as soon as you see somebody, you know, because they're going to call, call it a steroid, as soon as you see it, people are going to be like, oh, such and such is a cheater. But you don't know what Clint Buterall does. It can make your nose stop running. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's what's going on I'm before that fight. I hope it doesn't have any effect, though, because that's, that's a fight that I was looking forward to last year, and that's a fight that I'm looking forward yeah. to this year. All right, and last Look, but man, not least, give, is optional. Give Triple G Clinton Buterol, and now we all even. <laughs> right. Last but not least, last week while y'all were on the grind um, in Cleveland Cavaliers camp, J.R. Smith was busy throwing hot soup at assistant coaches. Um, he was suspended last week for the game against uh, Philly. That's why they lost, because J.R. wasn't there. Um, Excuse <laughs> Um, so he was suspended for that game for throwing a bowl of soup at assistant coach Damon Jones. I don't know what the altercation was about, why he decided to throw his chunky at the ball, but um, is that worth more than one game? Maybe maybe you get one game because you missed, but if you scald somebody nah. with hot soup, <laughs> you should you should pray. Or, or, or the Cavs um, are telling you how important Damon Jones is to their operation. I'm biased. I'm bi- I'm bi- Yeah, I'm biased. So I think that I you he shouldn't have been bi- suspended because it was. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I don't think he should be suspended for throwing soup on Damon Jones. Why he should you be think he should be commended and not suspended? Commended. First yeah. off, that's a commendation worthy. <laughs> I need more information, though. Because first of all, what soup was it? Because I think that soup overall is an underrated food. Like soup is fire. Soup is an underrated um, food, man. I'm a fan of like New England ham chowder. I like tomato soup. You know what I mean? A good no, vegetable man, soup. Is good. Soup, you know, you know why, Jim? Because people soup like chicken noodle soup is so popular, but that's really one that's of the trash. weakest soups you can get. Unless it's, like, homemade and somebody put their foot up in it. But if you're just getting some canned chicken soup, that is garbage. That's trash. trash. (laughs) But there's some other soups out there that that bang. I'll tell you, like, a great great tomato soup is fire. Like, yo, New England clam chowder, a great New England clam chowder is fire. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fire Mm -hmm. soups out there, man. Like, a good vegetable. Like, a lot of these. Lobster bits. Oh, man. Oh, come on, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go get lobster some fish. soup. <laughs> no, lobster fish is fire. So I think, first of all, we need more information. We know what kind of soup he threw. If he threw a lobster bisque at Damon I Jones, think it was... then obviously Damon Jones deserved it because to, to, yeah, to, you're to not understand waste. the beauty of lobster, you're not going to waste a lobster bisque. 
Right. Now, if he threw chicken, if you if he threw him, some chicken noodle, game suspension. Yeah. yeah. If he threw some chicken noodle at him, then he was most likely he overreacting. He was overreacting. Yeah, exactly. Or he was just exactly. showing you off of somebody. Watch me throw my super this I respect y'all yeah, I respect y'all perspective on, on soups and, and cuisine in general because we are experts when it comes to food. But I think you guys are really diminishing the the, the value of the conversation and understanding how this is Damon Jones though. Do you know how much of a noodle Damon Jones is? <laughs> But that, but no, but that, you're, you're right and though. Jones. And noodles can get on your nerves. Um, and I like what you did there about the, you know, him being a noodle and a chicken. But um, yeah, look, chicken I mean, soup. noodles can oh. get on your nerves to the point, and that's why Jimmy is giving him the benefit of the doubt. Like if he threw a lobster bisque at him, that's because Damon Jones is such a noodle, and noodles can get under your skin from time to time. So if he was exactly. worth throwing a bisque at, then. You know, whatever he did, he deserved it, and he probably didn't deserve to get suspended. Y'all know we're not even joking when we say this. Y'all can laugh. Damon Jones is an assistant coach, and he still does handshakes with LeBron. (laughs) LeBron Because LeBron is the reason he's an assistant coach. He do whatever the hell LeBron tells him. Isaac Gray said the same thing, yo. (laughs) Shout out to John Appetit. Appetit. Y'all need to start showing Soup some love because Soup is underrated. But um, hey. yo, if, you, if your man, if, if LeBron told him to get his towel and have it ready every time he come out of the game, like nothing he can say about that. You do it. LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, right? We talk about all the greats that LeBron has done off the court in terms of putting people in position to feed their families. Um, his friends sending him to school, getting him executive positions. But how about all the people who play within the league that LeBron keeps with a job? You know what I mean? He Yo, has somebody James else Jones, for Damon Jones, Tristan Thompson. Thompson, Dante Dante Jones. I think that I think LeBron has is a Jones, like in his family. Like I know he's LeBron <laughs> James, but he got the Jones. Dante so Jones think, think will LeBron straight up tell you, I have no yeah. ability other than to defend, punch, beat people up, jump high, and LeBron kept me employed. Like he'll straight tell. But you. it's so cool because LeBron, LeBron right used to pay it. his fines. So he would goon it up for Brown, and Brown would pay his fines. But no, y'all, y'all exactly Brian, right. He definitely, you know, he he, he has, some people he has in the league. On and off the court, LeBron has put more money in the black community than a lot of athletes, and he's done it <laughs> yeah. in ways that a lot of the times we don't get. We don't give him credit for because he, he's helped no, a lot of Damon people. Damon Jones. Damon Jones was a three-point specialist that only shot thirty-five percent from three. <laughs> And this and this how gangster LeBron is about his business though, because he will do that for these dudes and then midway through the season after he got these dudes paid, he'll talk about how his team is trash and he need more help. <laughs> after he forced uh-huh. your hand to pay these dudes. LeBron's like, Yo, I need help, man. These dudes is garbage, yo. But here it's amazing, right? We talk about we talk about the evolution of the game, right? But there's also like an evolution in the athlete where LeBron understands his and he leverages that ungodly. But I want to know, like, because LeBron is standing on the shoulders of, say, a Michael Jordan. Um, and I don't think that Mike, at least at the beginning of his career, recognized his power and didn't leverage it the way LeBron is. But what's going to happen in 10, 15 Mike, years yo, from now when guys Mike, know his yeah. power? Yeah. No, I mean, because somebody's, somebody's in the 10, 15 years, 
somebody's going to look at all of this stuff and they're going to come in at 18 years old with a LeVar Ball-type plan and it's going to execute it the right way because of their popularity, and it's going to be over. Like, you're going to be a billionaire by, like, the sixth year in the league. <laughs> yo, they're going to ask, yo, it's still catching. Yo, the problem, the, the, the problem I have with this, and, and Jimmy, I already know Jimmy doesn't agree, but I feel like it 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 diminishes the quality of the game, man. Like it's not no, I understand it, it your argument. I away because your argument. they know and understand. They understand their value and on one hand, you know, to have the autonomy and, and the savvy to leverage that, I, I I respect it, but as a fan of the game, these guys don't care about what it is that I love to indulge in and watch. And, 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 so I, and I totally I feel get like you. it hurts the game. But I, so I don't I know, know where the happy media. I don't think you. I, know, I don't. With I just don't know where the. No, I don't because I don't know where the happy medium is. Like, it's like athletes have been exploited. So when the game was like, I guess at apex for us, the athletes for most part, like Michael Jordan, exploited the beginning of his career. Absolutely did. Mike was making like a half million dollars a year when they were probably making that on one game, um, because of his talents. So I don't know where that happy medium lies. Where. You know what I mean? I, that's up to the athletes who still have that that fire in them, sort of like a Tom Brady, where he still cares. No, even the only one, right the now. only one in the NBA, the only one in the NBA that cares is a cross dresser, like Russell. <laughs> Yo, and um, only Casey one. Mack. Casey Mack, we talk about Clint Buterol, not Al Buterol. He said Al Buterol helps breathing for asthmatics. Yeah, I know yeah, that. My, my kids I just, take I just, that. I just, I just, yeah, my kids. I'm about to say, I just filled, I just refilled my son's prescription for albuterol. We talking about clenbuterol, yeah. clen, however you pronounce it. But albuterol yeah. sounds it's like not a, clen, it's uh, clue, clue buterol, c c l e buterol. Albuterol sounds like a crooked music executive. I got my he said it's still in the. <laughs> still is, he said it's still in the um the breathing family though. <laughs> So clubuterol oh, is still in the breathing, the breathing family. They helping said. the cows. They helping the cows breathe. Which, which, but which I can't. Yeah, I'm like, how you get that from a bad cow though? Because I can see how somebody would cheat in boxing to help you breathe better. Because I don't know, you know, everybody who who has judgment for all of these dudes. I don't know if y'all ever tried to step in the ring and box. Man, you need Man, all kinds listen. of stamina to do that. It's crazy. I can't box for like more than a minute. Be awesome, though. <laughs> you um, like time out, man. You have a halftime in here. Slap box. Five to the head. Uh-huh, but, we need halftime. Get back, back to your point because I think it's an interesting conversation. So where where is that happy medium? Be on one hand, I know you don't want like our, our brothers and sisters to be exploited, but at the same time, you care about you know the art and the love of the game. So, but I don't know. I personally don't know what that medium is. So so. It's not that um, I disagree with you. When, I when, you know, that's a you know, that's a great that's a great point. And you know, as much as as you take issue with Fed, um, I feel like Fed cared. Like even though he got it all back in the last three years in the NBA, because in the last three years he made like sixty million dollars in salary in in. No, no, he, 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 I think, yeah, I think he got 30 per at the, at the last three, but I don't, but my thing is, um, he did care, but I think that he was one of those guys, like I just mentioned to Tom Brady and Kobe, who literally have a sickness, so. Yeah, he's a weirdo, you're right, yeah, 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 he's a weirdo, yeah, he's a weirdo. So he's an outlier in that respect, 
um, and yes, it's a difficult thing to care when you're given so many riches so fast and you're leveraging your power. But I, I mean, but I money. think that it's up to the athlete to care. Like that's I the only thing. I yeah, can I don't, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know what the answer is because the the issues start now in the AAU ranks. Like the way the game is viewed and 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 the privilege that kind of comes with it, even guys that don't necessarily make it to an NBA stature, you know, the privilege they receive on the AAU circuit, it's not really about the love of the game and com- competing and well, you know what? better. That's, that's and a great point, but you don't want to be honest. Hold, hold, that, hold that point because we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA and the move they're getting ready to make, and I think we're going to jump into that conversation as we start right now. So hold that no point. Doubt. Um, I'm going to just throw some quick birthday shout-outs real cool. quick. Um, birthday shout-outs for Yay! this week. Shout out to the homie Heinz Ward, who turns 42. Um, we've had many of discussions and debates online about whether or not Heinz Ward will end up in the Hall of Fame, or whether we will put him in our Hall of Fame, at least. Um, Juan Encarnacion, for all you baseball heads out there, he turns 42. Damn, I'm old. Uh, Jason Elam is 48 years old today. Kickers need love, too. Uh, Kenny Smith who we should see tonight on Inside, Outside, and All Around the NBA. Funniest show on TV, in my opinion, at least one of them. Um, He turns 53. I wonder if Kenny – Kenny likes to party, so I wonder if he's even going to be at work. He probably will because they can just party afterwards. They in Atlanta. And uh, shout-out to Buck Williams, who turns 58. So we'd like to give a war room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. Check out our website at warroomsports.com to call in and speak with us about NBA topics that we're about to discuss. Dial the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Let's talk about this thing of ours, the NBA. You got it, Jim, or you want me to get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 we got the brother line. I want to introduce the topic first because I also want to get Naj's opinion on um, this topic. Uh, so I'll jump. Okay. I'll jump right into that topic, which is the, what B. Austin was bringing up. You know, we'll go back to the other ones, but what B. Austin was bringing up about um, the NBA and and this whole concept of uh, the players recognizing their power and how it affects the game because. Right. Austin, the, uh, the NBA is getting back in business with high school players, so yes, sir. they're making some decisions. Well, it sounds like they're going to knock Var the box in terms of his decision to start his league um, and pretty much do what's actually mentioned in Sports the Book. So I think the uh, the commissioner wrote the book, but, uh, <laughs> you know, which which is saying that you invest in the – back then, you know, it was the D League. Now it's the G League because uh, they sold out the corporate interest. But you invest like at, to, give a li- to give a livable wage to some of the players that can't jump right into the NBA – kind of uh, build up a minor league system but allow people not to uh, go through that whole, that one that, which we know is a joke of college basketball. Now um, listen Jim with with this proposal on the table does this put LeVar Ball's league out of business before it's even you know, before it even yeah, starts? It was out of it was out of business the two seconds after it came out of <laughs> yellow, give it no yellow two, anyway. yellow two Yellow tooth mouth. Um, <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. And you know the funny thing is, is there's there's so 
many layers to the conversation. And it's like, so when you look at it, it it's funny because Jim, Jimmy and I, we've had these conversations. Dev and I, we've had these conversations. And then collectively on the show, it's like, okay, so there's no minor league to develop um, NBA players, NFL players, and they're forced to go the NCAA route. Well, at least not a professional when, minor league where they're going to get legal professional money. Mi- right. Because some of them get right. money, but and they if, don't get legal money. When you look at other sports throughout the world where it's not predominantly African-American, there is no siege on the economic interests of young men trying to pursue their dream in the sport. Soccer, for God's sakes, I see, I, you, you become I a professional at – you become a professional. You know, I'm attacking white supremacy. You become a professional <laughs> at, at damn near 13, 13 years of age. You can become a professional athlete. Um, even basketball in Europe, you can become a professional at 14. So why is it legislated against becoming a professional basketball player or football player here in America in predominantly African-American sports. They don't do it against baseball. You know, baseball, you can get into the minors, at I believe, at 16. So I, I think that this is high time. It's high time for this to happen, for it to come along. But now the impact on the game, I don't want to see 17- and 18-year-olds running around in the main NBA unless they are truly ready for it, which would have been like, what, LeBron – Maybe you know him. him he was <laughs> LeBron he was and LeBron <laughs> and LeBron. Yeah, you said maybe he did it. So <laughs> he's he done yeah, it. He, yeah, but I, I don't. I don't want to see there a, whole a couple, lot of that. Yeah, LeBron. I think. I think, I think Stat was a good rookie right out of high school. Um, standing tall and talented. Stat, I don't remember Stat as yeah. a rookie. I, me, I remember him as a younger player, but I don't remember right. as a, like how. I, I, I gotta go I back and look at was a rookie. I thought I thought Stat was the best rookie out of high school, before, you know, until LeBron. Before came. LeBron, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I thought Stat had a better. Well, at least I remember him having a better. Nah, I remember Stat having a better rookie year than KG. KG had bigger expectations, but let me go look at uh, Stat's numbers. I mean, I can't look at yeah, the moments, but I can look at his numbers at least. I could check, I'll check out his stats. <laughs> look up stats. I remember thinking. I remember like having that notion. Like man, like LeBron, like the last dude I can remember that played like this as a rookie out of high school was the Bull. But Stoudemire might have been like 26 when he came. So, he so if, if if the NBA, yeah, he didn't have a LeBron NBA season. He averaged 13 and and almost nine, but he played pretty well. Oh, that's tough. Opinion. That's solid. Yeah, that's tough. And he started. He started 71 games. Did the NBA corporate interest really invest in developing this minor league system and take it seriously? I think it be it could be great for all stakeholders in, involved. I think it could be a great now, thing this, where it's college basketball. Here's the flip side real quick, y'all, before y'all get into that. Garnett averaged, Garnett averaged 10 and 6 and started 43 games. So, yeah, he, he had those expectations, but yeah, they tried to bring him along slowly. But my bad. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, B. Austin. No, stat got him. But, yeah, and then LeBron came out and averaged like a dud. Shut all that up. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron. Yeah, LeBron got busy. 
But I, I think that I think it could be a, a, a good thing, and I, I believe that it's high time to take it seriously because it, it basically has robbed generations of potential professional athletes from pursuing their dream. And I think that there's been an impact, unfair impact, on the African-American community as a result of, of that. So that's my, my, my take. Well, I, a couple of things. Um, for one, uh, most average 19 and 15 straight out of high school. But, I mean, <clears throat> again, we always talk about how Moses is probably one of the most underrated uh, players of all time because he's an MVP of the league. MVPs Moses got. You know? Okay. All right, you want to get Nigel on the line? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if y'all heard what I said about Moses, though, right? No, I, I didn't. So okay, what that. I was saying is looking up, looking up Moses averaged 19 and 15 coming straight out of high school as a pro. Um, nice. But, again, again, Moses is one of those guys who we all believe to be one of the more underrated. I mean, he's a three-time MVP. We never talk yeah. about him. We talk and about him. Yeah, yeah, never talk about him. So salute that's, to Moses. That's kind of a now, travesty. Again. <laughs> you know, y'all know I'm apologizing to Moses, but I apologize again. But let's get Naj on the line, man. Um, <laughs> get his opinion on what we're talking about with the NBA. Naj, what's up, good brother? How are you? I'm good, man. Good to hear from y'all. Y'all laying it down as usual. Uh, y'all fans are not the same fans as the starters, and we will fight them whenever they're that's- ready. Uh, because yeah, <laughs> and that's, damn, that's what she said. About. Yeah, we actually we actually know them cats. We met those cats. Yeah, that's before. the crazy part. <laughs> Square up before Square they up. were before they yeah, were on NBA better, TV. We better, we better than them. Square they up, know that. analytic yeah, they boys. Yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> but but no, y'all hit. But what do you think about the NBA? What do you think about the NBA and this whole situation with um getting in business high school players and uh and what's it mean for the if anything? All right. Uh, the, the the name I wanted to add, I think, is Spencer Haywood. I think he was the same same situation, straight out of high. Uh, definitely okay. check that because I could be wrong. But going into what y'all are saying, like Levar Ball, he couldn't have done this. Uh, just the logistics, the the ability to get sponsors that wouldn't be competing sponsors with the NBA, or wouldn't see uh, working with him as a detriment. So he he couldn't even pull this off. That was pipe dream talk from a crazy man. But the NBA. I got a I got a reluctance on this because it's real good to talk about things and say you're gonna have committees and all that, but then seeing it through is a whole other story. If y'all remember the Miami Dolphins anti-bullying committee, uh, y'all y'all heard about them meeting up anytime? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, so, after I, that uh, Jonathan Martin <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I ain't heard about none of that. Yeah, <laughs> so I think the NBA understands how 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 wrong this is and how the the turn has come, and everybody understands this now. I used to rail against the NCAA, and people would look at me like I'm crazy. Now that's a normal opinion. Like, people understand how exploitive it is. So I think they're, they're yeah. going to get some good press for a while and maybe some headlines, but I, re- I really doubt the NBA sees this through. But it would be a beautiful thing if they did it, man. And not only yeah, you is know, it restoring justice to the black community, but it also would stop the, the, the slush fund that these other communities have been operating off of, living and eating off of, all of these decades off of their talent. You know, it's crazy, right? There's a, a, um, a book is called The Cartel about the NCAA. 
Because it's not just that they're exploitative. Like, you know, it's not just the buzzwords and things that we say. When they actually break down some of the stuff that the CAA has done behind the scenes, you start to really understand just how, how dangerous and how, how, like, you know, just criminal they are in terms of trying to keep this um, free labor going. Um, and to your first point about Spencer Haywood, I just looked it up. He actually yeah, came out of the sophomore college. But at the time, yeah, at the time, um, the rule was you had to wait till your class had graduated. So that was still like a, um, you know, bucking the system because he came yeah, out of the second year. Yeah, no one was a rookie, man. Yeah, <laughs> for thirty and twenty though. Yeah, so for thirty and twenty as a twenty-year-old rookie, man. Oh, yeah. Come on, Spencer. Stop playing. Yeah, it's crazy how these dudes' careers iron out, though, because his career numbers end up being 20 and 10. Makes him look normal. But his first few seasons weren't normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's normal. A, yeah, it's normal. But, you know, he progressed to the right. mean, but in the beginning, boy. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't normal at all. But I just want to yeah. just real quick. That NCAA point, it's just a huge cost that everybody eats out of, from the athletic director to the board to, you know, the construction companies who come build the buildings, all the way down to your local bar where it's damn near a fight with the wait staff over who's going to work the Georgia game on Saturday. Like, everybody's getting money except those who should get it. And, you know, there's a four-star guy somewhere now realizing, dang, they was giving out so even the underground part of it is exploitive because they were only paying certain lines. Uh, you mentioned Kobe earlier. Look, I, we all don't know if Kobe did, you know, did what he was accused of. Guilty of one thing. Uh, in a unfair, take advantage of it. Not because it's wrong, but also because you're, you're putting yourself at risk. Multi-million dollar basketball player. This is hotel staff, and for anything, no matter what, so the, the situation yeah. already. You know what I mean? Bad. Now, now you you break you breaking up a little bit, like uh, you know. Oh my bad. Look, yeah, it's like every other word. Indiscretions. You know what I mean? It's already a bad move all day, every day, because you know it's like teachers do. You don't you don't upset the apple cart with power dynamics like that. So Kobe made that mistake. Now the analytics yeah. stuff, y'all didn't hit on it hard, but man, they're taking the art out of the game. That's another thing that that happens when with the three point shot. I'm damn near with Bob Ryan, where I'm like, move the line back or something with these threes because it's, it's, it's come too easy. Now everybody's running pin downs for your shooter. Uh, if he doesn't right. get a clean look, swing it, do the same thing on the other side, and the game is becoming like. You know, watching NBA 2K or something like you're taking the art right. out of it. I so mean, and I, and I the the whole it's like everybody can can shoot threes now. So you're kind of devaluing the the legacies of like Reggie Miller and you know all of those right. dudes back then because now everybody does this. Like, now you devaluing everybody who ever, who's ever played in the post. <laughs> the post game is gone, <laughs> but not but not before we get you out of here. I got one question for you, man, because this is what we're gonna talk about once we uh, let you go. Is uh, do you believe in the Rockets at all in terms of um, their ability in the postseason? Do you believe in them? Well, I, I, I was the one championing them before the season as, as you know as a legitimate threat because you bring in CP3. And now you don't run hard and into the ground during the regular season and you go into the playoffs with a legit shot. Now, they're going to have to shoot like some ungodly 57, 55, you know what I mean, percent from three yeah. in a series against Golden State to win. 
Like, they're going to have to have four ridiculous shooting games to win. But they got a puncher's chance, and that's better than everybody else. And Canelo, yeah, if you want to talk about the, the country of Mexico, you will never be loved like the, the, the great the great JCC if you go at your country about their meat practices. Because <laughs> TDs are an IQ test. When you fail a test, it means you didn't know when to cycle off or your team didn't get you ready enough for the test. Just about everybody's using everybody's dirty to a degree. But when you fail the test, it's just because you messed up. That's all it is, man. So, I mean, if you think Triple Good point. clean, okay, go ahead. But uh, the game is the game. <laughs> nah, great call, great call as always, man. We appreciate it, man. Hear you uh, next week. Great, great appreciate points, Nod. We appreciate All it. Right, man. <laughs> sure. All right, homie, take it easy. <clears throat> so, what about y'all? Y'all believe in the in the Rockets as the favorites? Um, like, cause, cause right now that that's kind of the question. Not even do they have a puncher's chance. I think we all know they have a puncher's chance. Like, if there's anybody that's going to take them down, it could be the Rockets. But do you even believe in the Rockets because of not just their playoff history, but just the playoff no. history of their the best players on their team? No, you got to prove no. to me, dog. We've it's seen dudes no cough no it up. Yeah. I've I, I seen, I seen hard like OKC, a championship. But, um, like, <laughs> I – I just no, I just I just don't believe them. They have to prove themselves, and I think they know that. Like you know what I mean? Because even their coach has to prove himself in the postseason. And the Yo, fact of the matter is, I find Dan Tony. Do what I find interesting. I find interesting sure. that uh, they figured out a way to make themselves competitive. Because everybody thought like, okay, Golden State is going to run away with the next eight years, and they may. But that's the one thing about like the uh, that three point being the equalizer in that system is that. It gives them a puncher's chance. And Golden State, the way they stack their team, is going to force other teams to follow suit because that may be the only way to compete with them if you can't super team up. I mean, the way they have. The fact that Houston's, you know, has the best record in basketball, do you give that all to them or do you think Golden State may not take the regular season as seriously as they once did? I mean, because I would think. After going How 70, 73 and nine, and not winning the championship, but probably knowing how you felt after going seventy three and nine, and all the energy that it took to actually try to win every single night, I would I would think that you know knowing what they could do in a playoff situation that they wouldn't be sweating the regular season as much as I you agree know, with you. Houston might. I be I mean, right you now. you pretty much <laughs> you laid it out. They There's nothing I can add to that. You said it all. You said so it all. You in that. I mean, this is this is the Popovich. This is Popovich's fault. Popovich uh, stopped sweating the regular season like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, and people were like, "We gotta like, like, do that to win." <laughs> I mean, no. like, the only like, reason they did that two seasons ago because they realized, like, man, we're on this pace. We can at least go for it. But now, when they just playing, you know what I'm saying? I fake a toe injury tonight. I don't feel like it. Yo, Yo, I, I don't. I don't believe. I don't believe because when you look at them top to bottom, what I would consider the three most important figures in the organization, starting with Antoni. Antoni has done this song and dance many, many times before. Like not just many, but many, many times before. <laughs> so many, many, I have many no, money. Many, I'm saying many, they were many money. they were a Robert Ori no Goon play away from winning the chip, or at least 
history would act like that's the yeah. way they act like, you know, that was game seven of the finals when it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't. So I don't I don't believe in Antony, so that starts at the top. James Harden I can't the Greco. I can't not I can't <laughs> not like his game offensively. It's a beautiful thing to watch because it's such a great blend of skill, savvy, craftiness and athleticism like he blends it. And and I, I love to watch him play. But he has tricked off like, we talk about one or two specific instances when, in honesty, if we really think about it, we've seen James Harden trick, trick off more than three games in the playoffs. So I don't, I don't believe in him. And then Cliff Paul, yo, Cliff Paul was going down the escalator three years ago. <laughs> that was so, a long time ago. This is true. See, and, and Chris Paul, I like, I don't, I don't give him the either. same M.O. as a James Harden, like, I've never actually seen Chris Paul just straight up trick off games in the playoffs, but I've never seen him raise his game to a level that you see sometimes in the regular season to put his team over the top. So Chris Paul is the ultimate Donald Sterling comment to me. What has he done? Like he gets props and, and, you know, I'm not going to front. Like if I'm looking at point guards from this era, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down and show my son Chris Paul tapes and be like, you know, I want you to play like this. But back to that conversation we was having earlier, I mean, as far is, as greatness is concerned, well, like he doesn't have the moments to go along with his skills and his stats. He doesn't have the moments, so he needs to add some of those. And then Chris Paul could be up there with the great point guards of all time. Could be. Many people have him up there, but I, you know. <laughs> um, I just what don't believe I mean at the end of the day They're not going to surprise anyone at this point They're not like laying low in the weeds They're going to come out nowhere and beat anybody Like you know um, They're having a great regular season But yeah. we've seen a great regular season Not a lot of success Now here's the thing I think they, they have an opportunity to I said and like we all said But it's just tough seeing anybody beat Golden State team in a seven-game series. Like, that's the thing. It's not about just getting one win. It's about you have to beat them in the seven-game series. Golden State is 22. They did this two years ago. If this was two years ago, they'd have a shot. But with the addition of Kevin Durant, come on, man, seven games? That's That's a lot of games to beat these dudes, man. You got to get four? That's my Like, because people thought they were unbeatable two years ago. But even two years ago, I'd give Houston a shot against that team. I didn't even think think about it from that angle. And they they didn't need them. (laughs) Yo, I didn't even think about that angle. They would get 60, dribble 11 times on one possession. Be off it. Give me another team in the history of the NBA whose third option had a 60 game. Now, the thing about it is Willie, when Wilt played Willie in L.A., oh, he was past oh. his prime. <laughs> he said Willie Burton. That 60 team was garbage. They didn't have options. That's yo, why anybody can get off any given night. There was no options. 50, now, yo. <laughs> yo, my thing is this third, third option scored 60 in the game, dog. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. Like, when you really think about it, who's going to guard Kevin Durant on the Rockets? Who's going to stop him from doing what he wants? 
It's not even Nobody. just guarding Kevin Durant. Like, how do you guard that team with Kevin Durant on it? It's hard to guard that team yeah. anyway. Like, yeah, you're going to sack right, off Seth. you get up out of here, Jim. <laughs> who's probably a better uh, shooter than Durant. Anyway, man, thank you, good brothers, so, for joining us for another beautiful <laughs> war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, at. We appreciate everybody who chimed in, everybody through. Thank you. Those that we couldn't get to, we apologize. Listen, man, special thanks to uh, Fred Perdue. Um, and tune in next week because we'll be right back here for more everything in the world of sports and probably more Houston Rockets considering how their week goes. We'll see. Till then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. We'll catch you right back here. Catch everything we do, um, all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, our blogs, webcasts. Everything can be found at warroomsports.com. Pick up my book, Sports the Book, which can be found at sportsthebook.com or right at the hub of warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in that war against ignorance. We'll see you on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.